0: Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast where I'm delighted to say Tottenham have just beaten Burnley 1-0 in the FA Cup third round. We will be in the hat now for the fourth round draw, which will take place on Monday evening before the Wigan v Manchester United game. Pedro Poro with a 78th minute goal has put us in that fourth round draw. Um, It wasn't the best of games, but Anne Postacoglu went strong in this game today. I'm absolutely delighted that we are through to the next round because, of course, it is nearly... 33 years since we last lifted this competition. What an unbelievable stat. I've got three very special guests, as per usual. We've got channel regular Becky Day with us. Becky, how are you?
3: I'm very good, thank you. Um, it's a bit weird watching it at home, got to be honest. Um, but that's school, back, being back to school for you. Um, but yeah, I'm pleased we got the result. I think um, the quality showed in the end and what a great goal. I, I nearly broke the cat when that goal went in. <laughs>
0: We've also got back with us Mike Apps, of course, BBC broadcast journalist with BBC South News. Mike, pleasure to
4: have you back. How are you? Very well, thanks, Chris. Really good to to be with you, and uh, yeah, just just so pleased that we're through to the next round. The fact that we've still got our cup dream alive for this year, for this weekend at least. How horrible it would have been to watch all the other ties unfold with us out of it. So the main thing is we are still in the hats.
0: Mike, I saw your face when I said nearly 33 years since we've last lifted the FA Cup. That is an unbelievable stat, isn't it?
4: Horrible. Horrible.
0: And joining us for the very first time, I'm absolutely delighted to bring on Ben Imsen. Ben, how are you? Um, A lot better for
5: that poor old girl. It's quite funny when you mentioned the 33 years ago, I was there, so it just makes me feel like
0: an old man. I was lucky
5: enough to be uh, there for 81, 82 and uh, 91,
0: so... How's life changed for you then, Ben? In those thirty-three years, a um, Spurs fan, not really. <laughs> <laughs> apart from apart
5: from missing some cup, you know, missing some trophies, uh, I've always enjoyed the FA Cup. It, it it was, you know, from when I was a kid, it was a whole day thing. The whole family was round the telly. The programme started at ten in the morning and went through till after the game. Um, um, for for your team to be in it, in you know, and get through and be in the final was always an amazing feeling that um, I'll never
0: forget. Well, let's get on to talking about the match stats. Tottenham Hotspur had sixty three percent of the ball to Burnley's thirty seven percent. Shots: Spurs had sixteen to Burnley's ten. Shots on target: Spurs seven to Burnley's one. We had eight corners to Burnley's three. Fouls: Spurs fourteen, Burnley eleven. Um, Becky, let's come to you. Um, Let's start the show with you. Your thoughts on today's game because, you know, sometimes in cup competitions, you've just got to get through um, to the next round. And I know we're going to talk about lineups in a minute. And I'm absolutely delighted with the lineup that Postacoglu put out today. And I must say, we did a preview show a couple of days ago. I chose the team that I wanted to see. And it was identical to the team that Postacoglu put out today. So I was absolutely delighted. But it wasn't the best of games. Um, but we got the job done and the main thing is that we are in the fourth round draw.
3: Yeah, I think it's like I said, watching it home is slightly strange is that I always thought we were going to get the goal. I thought the possession that we had, the intensity that we had, it was we were always going to kind of get there in the end. I just didn't think it would be the kind of goal that we had in the end. Um, you know, Johnson played. If you think about it, Johnson was playing in different positions. Kusevsky played in two different positions because of all the changes that we made. It was great to make so many attacking subs. Um, I thought the defence was very solid. You know, it says there, one shot on target from Burnley. I don't remember them having a great deal. It was a bit like the Bournemouth game. There were sort of like half chances and headers over and things like that. Vicario didn't have a great deal to do. So I always felt that it was coming. You could hear the nervousness in the stadium at home. You could tell. It was... was, there was a good atmosphere at the beginning and it did kind of wane a little bit I think people were nervous that Burnley were just going to go and get a goal and we'd be knocked out. But like you said, we've got through. We're in the hat. We can now watch the rest of the ties this week, knowing that we are through. The other thing as well is we didn't want a replay. So we had to have a replay in the so-called winter break, which had just been ridiculous. So we needed to get the job done. We did get the job done. Um, and like I said, I thought there were some really positive things from that game. You know, Benton being captain, playing for longer than he played on Sunday as well. I tweeted earlier that didn't even know he was fit on Sunday. And today he's captain. It's just crazy. Having Van der Ven back on the bench, Sassignon came on, Scarlett came on. I thought Scarlett was quite lively when he came on. He was dropping deep. He was quite involved. Richarlison wasn't as involved. But then the number nine position that he plays is slightly more of a just sort of be there, you know, the, the goal that we scored came from his sort of very strange, sort of standing on the ball back heel thing. But again, that came from the press, the high press. I thought you dodged, he played well. But like I said, I, I felt the goal was coming. I'm just, you know, I'm really, I'm delighted that we're through.
0: I've got to say, uh... A couple of Spurs fans and myself were joking about replays in Burnley on a Tuesday and Wednesday night. I wasn't going to be looking forward to that. Um, I was confident all the way that Spurs would get this job done, um, no matter how we did it. Um, Mike, your thoughts on the game today?
4: Yeah, I think, unfortunately, it's one of those matches where you've just kind of, I feel, got an idea from quite early on. It was going to be hard work tonight, unfortunately. I think you come out of come out the traps really quickly and, and hope to race into an early lead. That's when Ange Science seems to be at their most effective. But when it's not coming off, suddenly the doubts start to creep in and you start to think, well, hold on, this is our first test without Son. Um, I mean, if you think about it, really, we came into this match without the two most important players from the last win, Son and Saar. So that alone is a big test before you throw in you know, the ongoing situation of, of our first choice central defence being out, you know, Bentacore just coming back from injury, all the different issues we're having to deal with. So I think it was one of those where it just got to a point fairly early on, I think we just kind of felt we've just got to get across the line tonight because basically we're not going to get loads of credit for winning this and we won't. No one's going to turn to tomorrow's papers and, and say that was a sparkling performance by Spurs and their names on the cup. Nothing like that. But... You can absolutely bet that if we had slipped up tonight, even with a replay, then people would have been piling on saying, oh, we'll take Son out of that. They're not going to have him for six weeks. Richardson, he's not up to it. All of that. So it was just so wonderful that the side found a way to get across the line tonight. And I couldn't believe it. Of course, when you think about it, this is the case. But I was amazed when they were saying on TV, that's Porro's first goal of the season. He's been such an important player. You always feel like he must have been more involved than that. But, of course, it's all about assists with him, really, this season. Um, But terrific to see him get off the mark and to to really, in the end, take it into his own hands and and, and back himself to score there. And and absolutely rightfully, I guess, one of his first ever Man of the Match awards in a Spurs shirt.
0: Very well said, Mike. It was a fantastic goal and he has been uh, one of our standout performers all season. There's no doubt about that. Um, Ben, your thoughts on tonight's game?
5: Yeah, again, I mean, um, I agree with what Mike saying. I think we looked a bit nervous. When we started, I mean, I looked at the first eleven, and I'm up looking at it a little bit different. I actually thought, where are the goals going to come from? Because I'm looking at Richarlison, not really, you know, although he's hit a few bit of form and he's had a few goals, and you look at the two wingers, they're all a bit hit and miss. And if they don't get off to a flying start, their confidence seems to go a little bit. Um Richarlison, in, in the first half, the first 20 minutes, it reminded me of an old UB40 song, I Am A One In Ten, because it seemed to be, you know, that, that was the only one he was going to get on target. Johnson played really well in the first half, but just that final sort of time when he was cutting inside, and you think, shoot, shoot, and he didn't. We, we tried that walking the ball in again, and in the final third, I thought I thought we
0: were poor today, to be fair. Yeah, I don't think it was the best first half. I completely agree with you, Ben. And, uh, you know, there were a couple of chances for Richarlison that he dragged wide. When you're playing in this Tottenham Hotspur team and we want to go on to, you know, play in Champions League and push on to that next level again under Azposta Coglu, Richarlison at least needs to get those shots on target, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, uh,
5: but again, no, though, that, that will come with as we get towards the Champions League and we get better players in around him, you know, and the strong... The squad gets stronger and stronger as we go on. Then, obviously, these chances will come a lot more often and a lot more and a lot clearer. There were times today, again, as Andrew's already um, alluded to, of uh, the final third is where we can improve the most. And I think you could see that today. I think you could. It sort of stood out that we were trying trying to walk the ball in. We were trying too many clever passes in a really crowded area because to be fair to Burnley, I thought they defended really well. You know, you could see right from the start, I think, at the first 10 minutes, watching it at home on the telly that there were the two banks of four, the two in front, and they, they were well drilled. And as we went out wide, they just concertinaed in and made that space really narrow. And instead of going round and out the back, we actually chose to try and go through that space.
0: I think when you look at the league position, and now, of course, we're through to the fourth round of the FA Cup, um, Ange Postacoglu has said on a number of occasions so far this season that you know areas of work, real work, is in that final third. And I think we've, we can all see that. And when everything does get clicking, I tell you what, it's going to be some exciting times ahead. Um, Becky, let's come to you. Let's talk about the starting 11. Because, as I said, you know we did a preview show a couple of uh, days ago, and this is the exact team that I picked and said this is going to be the strongest possible eleven. And I hope that Andes does go strong in this competition because, let's face it, in recent seasons under Maurizio Pochettino, um, Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte, there have been a number of changes um, and quite strange decisions in cup games where we've ended up going out. Fans have been left feeling very frustrated. I think it's fair to say that, um, you know, some people would say Hoybier is a a better player than Skip. Um, But in my opinion, you know, when you've got a player like Hoybier. Probably looking for a move away from the club, it's probably better to play Skip. That's my personal opinion. Um, the starting 11 today, by the way, was Vicario, Poro, Emerson, Davis, Udogi, Skip, Benson, Curlis, Celso, Kulisewski, Rashawlinson, and Johnson. Subs today Forster, Phillips, Doranton. Uh, great to see Mickey van der Ven back on the sub bench. Ryan Sessignon, who of course got minutes today as well after 11 months out uh, through injury. So fantastic to see him back getting minutes. Hoybier, Donnelly, Brian Hill, and Dane Scarlett, who of course has just returned from a loan spell at Ipswich. Um, Becky, let's get your thoughts on the starting eleven. Do you agree with me, or would you have uh, liked to have seen a, a different lineup to what Poster Coglu put out?
3: Uh, I agree with you in the sense that I'm glad it was a really strong side. Like we just said, you know, even the, Car- the Carabao Cup this year when he did- played a weaker team against um, Fulham. That didn't go down. That didn't work, did it? So uh, lots of people saying, please go strong, please go strong, and he did. Um, even Bentoncourt starting, you know, after him started on Sunday, he, he may have decided to not start Bentoncourt, but he did. He made him captain. Um, I think he probably, I would have Becky, probably had... Sorry, hold- sorry,
0: sorry, sorry to interrupt. Well, um, in in Postecoglou's press conference just now, um, he's confirmed that Ben Davis. it looks like he's done his hamstring. So it now looks hmm. like we've got another injured player. Sorry to
3: interrupt, by the way. That's OK, it's fine. He said, he was, when he was interviewed before the game on ITV, they said, how are you going to cope without Son, Sar and Basuma?" And he said, we haven't played a, a, a set at 11 almost any game this season. So we're used to having changes. And I said to my friend yesterday, get the, get the win and let's have a game without any injuries. And you just don't seem to manage it, do we? Um, yeah, what a shame. Davis has been great stepping up for um, Van der Ven as well and, and coming in. So that's really disappointing for him. Um, but, yeah, I think if it possibly could have been Egg, but I was pleased that Skip played. Um, I thought that, you know, in, in the first half, the, the Lo benton skip sort of triangle, you could tell was a bit rusty, um, but you could see Benton-Korps' job was to get it out to the wings quickly, either to Kudusiewski or to Johnson, and we've already said that possibly Johnson's final ball was not quite there. But then I can remember that shot that it was very Sonny-esque in the first half where he kind of curled it and it was saved. Um yeah, I think I'm. I'm, pl- I'm just pleased he went strong. I'm, you know, there were rumours that it was going to be Forster in goal, and it wasn't. It was Vicario. Um, like I said, I think we've talked before about having four fullbacks playing, but Davis and Royal have really stepped up when they've needed to do that. Um, but yeah, it just looks like we've got a, a gap now, haven't we, into United game? So um, it looks like Van der Ven would start instead of Davis. But again, we can't seem to get this kind of routine of players because there's just injuries and. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm I was pleased with the team. I Was pleased we went strong, and I'm pleased we set it out, you know, in the right way.
0: Mike, let's come to you on the starting eleven. Were you surprised? Because I've got to admit, although I wanted the team, I was surprised.
4: I was really surprised. I thought it was absolutely nailed on that Forster was going to start in goal. I think when those rumours were kind of around this morning, I convinced myself it's a certainty because you know he's had one game in the League Cup, didn't he, against Fulham? Hasn't figured since then. And you think of all the games he had to play last season because of Lloris, you start to think, well, it's almost sort of common sense. But but then again, you look at that starting eleven, and with all of the absentees we've got for all those reasons, it's just, in the end, I think, common sense from, from Ange to just say, well, we've, we've had to make too many changes. We've compromised so much for reasons outside of our control. Why would we do that for things that we can control? So I think, um, again... Really, really pleased that he he picked the team that he did. Um, for me, I think the only thing would be, and you know, in the end, the result speaks for itself, but possibly just that feeling that we went with all the, the top available options. There didn't seem to be a lot of pressure on that front three of Kuliseski, Rashalison, and, and Johnson through the match, where to me, I'd, I'd have liked to have seen Scarlett coming on a little bit earlier, just to keep them on their toes a bit, because... I did feel, whilst they're all effective in their own way, none of them had a a fantastic game tonight. It would be nice to have seen them, um, I think, sharpened up a little bit. But in the end, um, very much a, uh, I I think, reward for Ange tonight for for taking this competition seriously. Long may it continue.
0: Michael, so it's fantastic to see Ryan Sessignon back on the bench. Of course, he got minutes today. And uh, the main one, Mickey Van de Ven, of course, is back. Hopefully now he will feature in that Manchester United game uh, in nine days' time. But, you know, great to have them back, isn't it?
4: Don't you just love this thing with Ange for for, for, the, for the mystery player appearing on the bench in the starting lineup? up today, Bentacore, complete surprise last weekend. It reminds me of, do you remember when we, we had um, West Ham in the FA Cup quarter-final when uh, George Graham was still in charge? And I remember going into that match... Harry Redknapp, he was West Ham manager, and he said Stuart Pearce was 99% certain not to play. And of course, he played and scored a, a free kick into the top corner. And I, I feel like he ruled out Cessignon for a few more months. He's just said he's not, not a chance of him being involved. And yet he, he was he was back in today. Great to see him back. And let's hope this surgery is going to finally solve his, his ongoing problem with the hamstring and and, and finally see him get a, get a run in the size.
0: Ben, let's come to you on the starting eleven because, as I as have already mentioned, I was delighted to see that starting eleven and, and you know and showing real intent to win this game, take this competition seriously and go through to the next round. Uh, because of course he made ten changes against Fulham earlier on in the season, where of course we lost on penalties. Um, surely you were pleased with the strong lineup?
5: Yeah, yeah, over the moon. Um, it's always, um, it's one of those sort of things when you have a lot of injuries and like Mike alluded to, do you sort of put some other people in just to give somebody a rest? But um, we've said this many times before, it's go strong, get your lead and if you can change players then you can. As the game um, panned out, we, we didn't have that luxury but glad to see him go strong. The only difference I would have made was I've got a bit braver. I'd have put Donnelly on instead of Skip. Uh, And just tried a bit more creativity from that back, because I I, I thought today as well, as as from that final third, from the back four going into the midfield, we were just a bit slow. We were just a bit ponderous, a bit too precise with what we were trying to do, rather than that, that that off the cuff, you know, be a bit braver, be a bit quicker. We moved the ball far too slowly today for his liking, I think. And uh, someone like that, who's forward thinking, who wants to get on that front foot, turn and go at people, might have made that little bit of a difference. Apart from that, everything was all good, as, you know, and, as Becky alluded to. It's just get through. It's an FA Cup, you know. I can remember being, I think, going back to 81, we were in a quarter fine, we played Exeter at home. We were awful, but we scraped through 2-0. It doesn't matter. You know, no one remembers the game. They remember we went through two. No one went on to win the cup that year. We were absolutely awful against a side that was then back in the third division. So, yeah, just get through. Real strong team. I'm always happy to see us play our strongest
0: side. Here, yeah, yeah. here, And I'm always most upset when we go out of a cup competition, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, Poster his press conference was just asked about where Eric Dyer was today. And, of course, there is lots of speculation about him possibly signing for Bayern Munich. He has just stated, um, I know absolutely zero. Eric Dyer is injured. He got injured in training yesterday. That is why he wasn't selected today. But we'll talk a little bit more on that uh, shortly. Um, Becky, let's come to you. Tottenham's first chance of the game was after 10 minutes. Um, A good move from the back, resulting in Richarlison shooting wide. As I mentioned earlier, it's chances like this. Um, He needs to at least get it on target, doesn't he? There's been a lot of criticism for Richarlison, but he did have a very good December. Uh, he scored five in his last five Premier League games. Um, hit a bit of form, but surely he's got to be doing better with some of these shots.
3: Yeah, and I think I said on the show that I was on uh, after the Brighton game is that a lot of the chances that at Brighton, Kane scores those in a heartbeat. And it's awful. You don't want to keep comparing him to Kane, but they're the chances that we never have to worry about because they're in. And Richarlison doesn't. And I think he is a confidence player. I think, interestingly, the two goals that he scored Everton and Bournemouth have come from uh, Johnson, from the wing, first time cross, boom. When he doesn't have to think about it, he's a great finisher. So like going back to the goal that we actually scored today, he was trying to do some weird back heel thing. You know, if the ball had come to a pace and he doesn't have to think about it, then he is a better player. Um, yeah, I think, like we said, all of the front three had a reasonably patchy game, really, um, and hence that we haven't had have a you know a back that scores our goal for us. Um, and interestingly, when Poro scored, I turned to Jack and went, we've shot. We've actually shot. We've had a shot and we scored. And there's been a few games where we sort of struggled to get over the line this season or when we lost to Villa and we lost to Wolves, where we weren't shooting enough. Um, so I think it'd be nice in these sort of nine days where um, Ange does that, you know, let's get that. we have not having Sonny. Let's get that kind of firepower. We've got Scarlet back now. I know we've lost Valise, which is really annoying for Valise as well, that we you know we've got an, lost another striker. But I think that's possibly something that we do need to work on, because I think as, as poor of United I've been recently, the United game is not going to be as straightforward as people make out. So we're going to have to be clinical with our chances against United as well.
0: Apparently just now, Postacoglu was asked if he could still afford to let Eric Dyer go this month with Ben Davis now injured. He gave a considered pause and then answered yes. How interesting. Um, Mike, let's come to you. Um, in the 11th minute, uh, Brennan Johnson shot from 20 yards, saved from the goalkeeper. Um, in the 14th minute, Johnson with uh, another shot. Um, it was actually a tame header of the goalkeeper. What did you make of Brennan Johnson tonight? And what have you made of him um, in a Spurs shirt since signing from Forest? I
4: thought he kind of encapsulated tonight, really, a lot of what we've seen from him in a Spurs shirt so far. I mean, I thought pace, Fantastic. Um, his first touch at times, the way he was like taking the ball in his stride, you know, uh, for a long period. Considering, as we all know, he'd much rather play on the right, he's having to do a job on the left, and I thought he he looked really threatening. You know, it was he was uh, it was finding lots of space out there, um, but it just comes down to that final third. You know, as as, as I think Becky was saying earlier, you know, Ange. Uh, highlighted this the 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 fact is is that even when we were on that terrific run right at the top of the table he was concerned that we're just perhaps lacking that fluidity in the final third and I think Johnson absolutely um, sums that up right now because he he just feels to me like a massive work in progress there's no question we bought him because he's got a really high ceiling I think the problem is is that you know you go back 10-15 years ago perhaps more than that when we Another promising young player from Nottingham Forest, Andy Reid. Back then, you take a chance on a player who, as with Brendan Johnson, is is a full international, and you're paying sort of four or five million pounds, and you think let's let's give him a chance and and you give him time and and you see which way it goes. Whereas now, of course, in the inflated market, and also because he had a full season in the Premier League under his belt, we've paid, you know, sort of ten times that to get Brendan Johnson. So it feels like the pressure's on him that bit more. Of course, I think the injury to, to, to Perisic as well hasn't helped in terms of perhaps he'd have played a little bit less than than, than he has done because there's just been that over-reliance with, with these sort of key injuries. As well, Solomon as well being out, I think has, has had an impact on that. So, oh, you know, I keep faith with Johnson. We've seen enough from him already to suggest he, he's got a, a, a big future with us. But I just think... It would be lovely if he could just be a little bit further on down the road in terms of his development. But then, to be fair, when we signed him, that was kind of what a lot of Nottingham Forest fans were saying, that he's he's, he's a great player, but perhaps just has to step it up just a, a notch from where he is right now to, to fulfil that potential.
0: Ben, let's come to you in the 15th minute with Charleston uh, with another shot at the goalkeeper. Um, tame, uh, so very comfortable for the keeper. A minute later, there was a minute of applause. Uh, for 16-year-old Harry Pittman, who sadly was killed um, on New Year's Eve. Uh, the hashtag um, that went on the screens, end knife crime. Uh, a very sad moment inside the stadium, um, but every single Spurs fan on their feet applauding. Um, in the 28th minute, Burnley had a chance, fired over the bar. In the 31st minute, Johnson uh, shot wide after a cross. In the 41st minute, I've written down here, Pedro Poro, corners. Um... I don't want to get Pedro Poro out today because, of course, he scored a, a wonderful goal and he's put us through to the full round. But Pedro Poro, with um, either free kicks or corners, couldn't seem to beat the first man up to the 41st minute. What did you make of that? Because we're so used to seeing a really good display from Pedro Poro. Yeah, I think he borrowed Ericsson's shirt for a while.
4: Um...
5: It, i think it's just frustrating it, it, it is that thing of um as Anne says sometimes they are just human and they have off days I mean part, you know luckily he didn't have off one with his shot but yeah his corners and free kicks were, were poor today but um I don't I don't think he was helped out with sort of players coming off of him and taking the ball I thought lacelso was poor today I thought lacelso went to ground far too early a lot of times you know if Ricky Norwood's watching, he's never—he's never going to worry about him with dancing on ice because he couldn't stay on his feet for two minutes. You know, it's um, and, and a lot of the players like that. I think they played well within themselves because I don't think they were comfortable in coming. I want the ball. I want the ball. Give it to me. And you didn't see a lot of that. So you know, he, he tried, and I, I think he just had a good game. It's just all of a sudden we sort of pick out the bits that he's used to be doing. You know, well week in, week out.
3: The one person that I thought was hungry for the ball was Ben Though you could see yeah, the way yeah. he was kind of coming was... for the passes, and and he was—I said to them—he was just felt like he was getting kicked, and it just makes me flinch every yeah. time anybody goes near him. But he was trying to get on the ball, and he was trying to spray passes to Gusevsky and to Johnson. And
2: yeah, in
5: my notes here, Becky, I just, he just cruised through the game. He was just exceptional. He's just lovely to watch on the ball. Again, like so I think there was one time, it was enough where he got fouled, but he did that little um Maradona yeah, turn and got things, away yeah. from them. So, it was, you know, mm-hmm. you can see that the match is only a second game back, yeah, yeah. You know, so you know,
0: brilliant, Becky. You mentioned uh, Rodrigo Benson, there, of course, he was wearing the captain's armband today, uh, and fully deserved by the way. Um, I expected Ben Davis to be wearing it, but you know. Benton Kerr, brilliant, fantastic. You know, of course, you can rely on him. Real leader on the pitch. How much did we miss him when he wasn't playing for Tottenham? Because every single time he's he's on the ball, he just looks so comfortable. He looks like he's going to open up defences and play that killer pass. He's he's an incredible player, isn't he?
3: Yeah, and they said in commentary that obviously he's had a lot of injuries to deal with. And that's why I was saying that when he's, you know, you went for one, I remember, down by the corner flag, I think it was in the second half. and, And there was the one tackle that he made near Ange that they did go to VAR is that to have that confidence in his own body to do that when he's been injured, I would, you just, we remembered a lot Sonny last year when Sonny was injured and when Richarlison was carrying an injury, they were not quite a hundred percent and there were certain challenges and things that they wouldn't go into a hundred percent, probably for fear of getting injured again. But Ben Tenko hasn't come back with that fear and that's what it just, everybody loves about And you could hear in commentary and in the stadium when he was doing those little turns and, he was sort of playing. He kind of ran around himself and then passed it. And then someone gave it to him. And, he, and it just, it's just wonderful to watch. Um, so when we've got Saar back and we've got Basuma and we've got Madison and we've got that midfield that we've been craving all season, it's going to be fantastic, fantastic to watch. Just hope he stays fit.
0: Mike, let's come to you. At halftime. of course, it was nil-nil. How are you feeling at that point?
4: Concerned, to be honest with you, which is a horrible thing to admit, isn't it? You know, we should keep keep faith with Ange and, and not worry about these things. But it's just we've seen it so many times before. And and this is where I suppose we have to sort of get into the new mentality. You know, like how Ange was so fantastic in his press conference yesterday when they, he got that question about, can you imagine... Can you picture lifting lifting the cup? And he said, "Well, I don't need to imagine it. I've done it." You know, which is fantastic, and and that's you know clearly the the sort of uh, approach we, we all need to take right across the club. But no, it was it was a worry because I just think that um, you know Burnley um, they, they they weren't great tonight. Clearly, they they were limited in their ambition tonight. But if you are just going to keep on knocking on the door like we were, without taking these opportunities, then it, it lays yourself open, as we, as we saw at the very end of the match. As I'm sure we'll come on to. Um, so yeah there was some concern there and also concern from the fact that you look at the bench and obviously there's not a lot there to to choose from to to, to change things I was surprised I have to say that there were no changes at half time I think the change of of, of Poivier coming on came on a a lot later than I think possibly most of us would have made Um, it makes you wonder what was said by Ange in in the dressing room at half time they certainly sort of came out as if you know, Poro looked like he had a massive point to prove, the way he was cheering up the, the crowd from, from that, that throw-in very, very early on. Um, but, you know, it, it wasn't an immediate uh, reaction, if he was looking for a reaction. But thankfully, we did get there in the end. It wasn't only that, Mike. They were out
0: a lot earlier than Burnley yes. were. And there was still time left of, mm. uh, of the half-time break, and the Spurs players were out. So, it would have been very interesting to hear what And did say. Um just um, interestingly, I want to know what you would have changed at half-time. Would you have brought Hoybier on for Skip earlier on at half-time? Is that what, is that what you're saying?
4: I think I'd have been tempted to because I don't want to sort of single out Skip because I, I think he is a much maligned player, considering that I think he's someone who would benefit from a run of games, which I don't think he's ever going to get in a Tottenham shirt now, sadly. We'll, we'll never say never, but I think that you know he's someone who just sort of comes in, in in moments where we're really up against it like we were tonight. And, and and arguably, he doesn't really suit this style of football all that well. So I think I'd have been tempted to make that change. And as I say, I don't know, I've just got a feeling about Dane Scarlett at the moment. I I, I didn't think he was going to start the match, but I kind of felt like he might get a few more minutes. And and from the contribution he made, I, I just have this feeling that opportunity is going to knock for him now with this injury to Liz with Son away. I think he hasn't shown himself to be a proven goal scorer, Um, above the sort of youth team level when he's been out on his loans yet. But, you know, people rave about the technical ability he's got. Um, You know, I thought he was linking up the play really nicely tonight. And I I think Ange sees a player there. If it hadn't been for us being eliminated by Fulham in the League Cup, I don't think he'd have gone out on loan. I think it was very much he felt an obligation to to, to help him with his development. And I I think, you know, Ange sees something there. And hopefully, from an attitude point of view, Scarlett is going to see this as, as a real opportunity that he must... Press his claim in the next few weeks.
0: Absolutely. These players have got to grab opportunities. And of course, he went out on loan at Ipswich and uh, didn't get any starts at Portman Road, uh, which was a shame. Um, ben, let's come to you. In the 48th minute, Lacelso, um, good shot, goalkeeper saved it. You mentioned Lacelso earlier. I've got to say, I haven't ever been Lacelso's biggest fan. But these last couple of weeks, this last month or so, I think I'm changing my mind about him. You, you don't seem so sure. Oh, no, I was
5: fine. He was, he was just poor today, Chris. You know, the, the last few games, he, he's been exceptional. Just today, I, I, I don't know what it was. He, he just didn't sort of seem, didn't seem to want it as much. He he could have taken that game by the scruff of the neck in that position. And he didn't. And it, it was there for him, you know. I know it was hard against the banks of four, but he never came. He wasn't spreading the passes around. He wasn't looking for those little killer balls that he did before you know, in the last couple of games, especially like the Everton game and stuff. And yeah, that, that was all. It was just a, an off day for him. There's a, there's a player, there. he's a World Cup winner. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a footballer there. It's just how Ange is going to get the best out of him.
3: I think the link-up play with Udogi and lacelso Lo- didn't work as well today as it has in previous yeah. games, I think, in the past. Yeah. When you've got Sonny, Ud- <laughs> Udogi, and Laselso, mm. you know, mainly left-footed kind of, play that has worked and that and obviously I was saying you know you've got Johnson and Kurosky playing on different wings because you know Johnson is not left footed but he plays on the left and I think that had a had a part to play in it as well.
5: Yeah that's why I would have liked to um seen Donnelly come on because again it's just it's an extra player in that little area that's got that sort of talent that can take the alleviate some of the pressure. Give it to me, I'll have it instead, you know and, and sort of make those spaces but we're
0: still first started. <laughs> Ben, let's stay with you, because in the 50th minute, and you're talking the first five minutes of the second half, we had two uh, good chances. Kulisewski, yeah. uh, good attempt on goal, just wide of the post. What did you make of Kulisewski's performance this evening?
5: Um, a lot of work. Um, a lot of work from him. Um, he just... Again, I think it was just the players around him. I think we were just a bit slow to support him in certain cases he was quite isolated so he had to cut inside there was no one going on the overlap to give him that choice of that little ball through and he was having to take the shots good shots unfortunately i think there was one there was one in the second half where he created a really good space for a shot and decided to pass it off but yeah you, you can't knock him for the effort he put in today
0: Becky, let's come to you in the 53rd minute, Benson Kerr with a shot um, high over the bar. A couple of minutes later, Johnson shot a goal comfortable for the goalkeeper. In the 56th minute, Johnson with another shot, this time just wide from a Benton Kerr cross. Uh, and made a sub, Brian Hill coming on, LaCelso going off in the 58th minute. Brian Hill then went on the left, Kulisewski in the middle, Johnson on the right. Um, is Johnson's best position on the right-hand side, would you say?
3: I would say so. I think, like you said, when he plays on the left-hand side, he's going to cut in. Um, but then Kuliszewski does that when he plays on the right-hand side as well. So, yeah, I think so. I think it depends with who's playing behind him. I think, going back to what you said, I, th- I definitely think there was a higher intensity in second half. They came out with more of an intensity. You could say, if you were playing 10 yards further up the pitch, Poro was more involved. dodgy, who was maybe more involved in the first half, was kind of moving over on that side. And then you've got Johnson, who's moved over. And then Hill, who's always very busy. <laughs> Bless him. Um, so the intensity was definitely there hence why Poro was the one who got the ball back for the goal is that that kind of that kind of high press was was more obvious after the halftime whistle um yeah i think it's like we said johnson's very much he needs a run of games i i definitely agree with what you said he was never intended to play all these minutes all these all these matches it was supposed to be something he was developed and then Perisic got injured and xyz got injured and yeah so i think bless him I think, I think if, you know, we, people forget Sonny had a really poor first season. This is first season. It's because Van der Ven and Udodji have settled in so well in their first seasons that people are kind of very quick to judge, I think. Um, I think there's definitely a player in there, and I'm quite looking forward to seeing when it all kind of clicks together. Um, but, yeah, I think the intensity in the second half was much better.
5: I think with that, Becky, um, where well, you've got uh, Johnson and Kulisewski. And you see them always cutting inside. It would be nice just once in a while to see him go for the byline, you know, mix it up a bit. And that's something I think that's missing from their game. They got a little bit predictable. I mean, I It was a first touch from Johnson, I think, early on in the game where he brought the ball down in his stride. Just a great touch, you know, with his, with his other foot. So, you know, the talent's there. You know he's got the pace to get to the byline. So it's infuriating when he sort of stops and comes back in.
3: Yeah, I think a couple of times as well when they were pinging the ball over the top, he was hitting them first time. And I know I said the Bournemouth from the Everton goals, well, that's how we scored. As I said to here, I was like, sometimes he needs to actually stop and have a yeah. look up. And it just went straight to a defender. And it's like, I know that's just the way they play. It's like, boom, cross, quick pass. But sometimes it was like, no, we need to stop. And then you need to take the player on. Or like you said, the overlap with you dodgy. And that did happen sometimes, but maybe not enough.
0: Yeah. And Postecoglou has been asked again in the press conference about Eric Dyer. And he said, it's a separate issue, mate, but don't question my integrity. When I say he's injured, he's injured. Wow. Um, Mike, let's come to you. We'll we'll, we'll come on to the dire situation shortly. Um, Mike, Johnson had another chance saved by the goalkeeper in the 66th minute. Is it fair to say, and just said that, you know, we need to improve in that final third, the likes of Richarlison, the likes of Kulisewski and Johnson, with the amount of chances that we create all three of them should be scoring more goals, particularly Johnson and Kulaseski from wide areas.
4: Yeah, I can't argue with that. I think, um, you know, we need to see them up their contribution in that respect. And I think, obviously, the fact that, that Son as top scorers away, they're going to come even more into focus. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how, how the next few weeks goes. I mean, no one seems to be seriously talking about us signing a striker in January. That's That's really you know, if we're going to make uh, any kind of attacking purchase, then there's, there's talk of like possibly another wide player. I suppose what I'm left sort of wondering about tonight, there was those was, there was two occasions in the match that stick in my mind where a ball was slipped through to Richarlison and he was kind of through on goal and he just like couldn't get away that from the it. defender or, or the defender just ate up the ground so, so quickly. And he just sort of couldn't help but think if it's, if it's Son then at the very least, it, it's it's more of a presentable chance. I just wonder whether it's at all in Ange's thinking, whether he sees Johnson as, as in in this team for now, purely a winger on the left or the right, or is there a scenario where he'd say, let, let, let's try him for a period through the middle? Because he's played there for Wales, he's played there for Forest. Um, I suppose at the moment it's just the fact that you're less confident he's going to finish these chances that that will be counting against him there. But right now with Son away, he is the player with pace who we have in that front line. So I just wonder if maybe... Um, that's something that he'll look at over the, the, the coming weeks now, particularly if you've got a, a tight match like this where we're really struggling to make the breakthrough. I think I think that's a very fair point because when you look at it, you look at Richarlison, there was, a,
5: again, one in the second half where we were on the break and he couldn't get away from the defender. The amount of chances that Richarlison has to the amount he takes, the ratio, you think, why not give Johnson a chance? Yeah, that's a
2: good
0: call. Then let's stay with you, because in the 77th minute, Oliver Skip went off, Hoybier came on, and then just a minute later, Pedro Poro with a delightful finish, which I think most people in the stadium, including myself, thought that that was actually going wide, but it went in the top corner which was a great finish. Um, and um in his post-match interview, just said credit to Pedro Poro. He's been outstanding for us this year. He works hard at his game, and he is an exceptional footballer. That was one hell of a finish, wasn't it? God. Oh. It was fantastic.
5: Uh, again, I'm was, I was sat there and I, I'm just watching a shot and thinking, where's that going? The next thing, you know, everybody's ju- jumping. It, it's just fantastic. Again, going back to my, to my past, it reminded me of the 1981 FA Cup semi-final. Ricky Villa, who just hit one from miles out, couldn't be bothered to run, hit it right in the top corner. But yeah, name's on the cup, Chris.
0: Ben, it is fair to say, though, isn't it? Pedro Porro has been one of our standout performers because when you go back to thinking about his debut um, away at Leicester last season, that yeah. was a hard watch, you know, and, and Tim Sherwood yeah. said, you know, one of the worst performances on a debut he's ever seen. I know Tim Sherwood don't big our players up very often, but, um, you know, he, he's come a long way since, you know, being under Andes, hasn't he? Oh,
5: Without that, I mean, and gives them a freedom to play. And I think that's, as a footballer, that's got to be the best thing. If you make a mistake, you make a mistake, but you're making a mistake doing what I want you to do. Um, going back to what Becky said, it was his first season. It's his second season now. You know what I mean? You have bedded in a bit better. You know you're you're a bit more comfortable. Um, I think the whole of the back four, when we have our normal back four with Vicario,
0: they've all been outstanding this season. So um, yeah, along with that continue. Pedro Porro has just uh, written a follow, uh, following on X with a picture of uh, Harry Pittman and said, dedicating this win and my goal to you, Harry, vamos. Mm. Uh, lovely touch. Um, Becky, let's oh, come <laughs> to you. In the 83rd minute, um, Antipos de made a treble sub. Donley, Scarlett and Sessignon all coming on for Benton, Kerr, Charleston and Johnson. Um, as I mentioned earlier, fantastic to see Ryan Sessignon back, although he probably might be sold in this January window or in the summer. Uh, but after 11 months out, you know, it's delightful for him to come back.
3: Yeah, and it wasn't, didn't I say last week that he wasn't, he was asked about him, I think, and he said he wasn't near fitness yet. But I am I'm enjoying these kind of um, press conferences where he's sort of, you know, tricking us. I had a conversation with someone on Twitter about half an hour ago going, actually, when we used to watch all the training videos and we used to be like looking for Kane or looking for Romero and all this, it's like, it's actually quite good that we don't do that anymore. It's quite refreshing. His it His integrity. It also, it also means there's, there's no meltdown when they miss their deadline when he says they will be back by february and they haven't made it and everyone goes into a meltdown so it's actually again if we're talking about the culture of the club little things like that i actually quite like i do like watching the videos but not having to kind of you know dissect which player we can see in the background um has been quite fun so yeah and the like you know he he isn't match fit you could see there were a couple of runs when he was put through when he he was struggling to kind of keep up with the ball but he was kind of involved in sort of the the chances near the end where him and Scarlett were having that kind of interplay and there was a chance where I think Sessegnon curled one wide or it deflected off somebody. When we made those changes, we were really, really attacking. And like I intimated before, I thought Scarlett was dropping deeper. He was kind of pinging back balls about and then he was running on and he had a chance near the end. And compared to Richarlison, which just sort of stays in the number nine position, it was quite obvious the difference that Scarlett was making, and like I said, if with Valise being injured, that might be something he can kick on with. But yeah, it's great to see players coming back. You know, bless him, Session has been he's only 23, he's been at Spurs a really, really long time.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, Mike, in the 86 minutes, Session had a chance which went wide. I think it was actually saved by the goalkeeper, um, but it was a very nervy last couple of minutes, and uh, Burnley very nearly scored, didn't they?
4: They really did, and it was just actually that that moment where they they came so close. I mean, the the the, the well, obviously the the worst moment was the the goalkeeper's header right at the death, where he, the, the player was right in front of goal, put it wide. But but no, I mean, I think we we were, I was certainly guilty watching at home, thinking, right, who are we going to get in the next round, and oh, the, we might have a replay on our hands. I don't I don't think it was quite in the players' mind, but certainly we committed a lot forward, and it comes down to really. As Becky was saying, just how attacking we were with those changes, and the fact that under Postecoglou, I think we all accept it's always going to be about let's make it two three nil rather than let's protect the one nil, and I think we all buy into that. But you know, we nearly, I suppose, had a harsh reminder of the fact that there is something to be said for shutting up shop in those those final moments, which certainly we're more than used to under other recent um, managers at at Spurs. But you know, that's how Postecoglou. Goes about things, and and so far this season, it's definitely brought more benefits, more positive than negative for us.
3: Vicario plays the ball out really quickly when we are one nil up or two nil up. He did it Everton, and I'm thinking, do a Pickford. I shouted at Everton, do a Pickford and drop to the floor with the ball. And he was doing it today. He was rolling the ball out really quickly. He's like, no, 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 just just drop on the ball, just slow down. It does, you know, there were seven minutes of injury time. I think watching it back, that incident at the end where the goalie headed it on. The player was was offside. I tweeted, I messaged my friend straight away who's in the stadium because of course in the stadium we don't see replays. He was like, What was that at the end? And I said, Actually, I think it probably was offside, but because the game finished, you never really see the replays again. And I think it but because the person I was speaking to, he thought from his position it it was in, it had gone in. But the block beforehand from Heubierg was excellent as well. For lead the corner before that. So, you know, I think Heub when he came on did quite well. He made some he some balls, you know, across the field and he made some good interceptions. So I know he may be somebody that's moving on as well. I thought when Helier came on, he, he was quite important for us.
0: It's so interesting, Becky, because I go down to the tunnel after each game to see the players walking off the pitch. And it's so uh, interesting to see the interaction with the players and the, and the coaching staff, etc. And this season pretty much every game, including today, Hoybier walks down that tunnel, one of the first players in, on his own, doesn't interact with any other player. Um, I think it's pretty evident that he will be yeah. headed to the door. And, and I said
3: them. that before, that we're quite a hugging team. Everybody hugs, don't they? And then you watch, like, when when we've gone to the... And I can remember at Luton, when Vendor Venn was pushed and when Richarlison scored at United and he was pushed to the south stand, Hoibier is often standing a few rows back and he doesn't kind of interact. Yeah, I said that exact same thing. He's not a hugger. I think I tweeted to say that he high-fives Sonny after the Bournemouth game when everyone is hugging. And yeah, the interaction is is is, is quite markedly different.
0: He, he actually gave his shirt away after the game and literally put his arm out, gave uh, gave the guy his shirt and didn't even look at him. it. Was, it's was quite bizarre. Yeah, um, right. Mike, um I would like to ask you all who your man of the match was uh, today. And uh, the other question I wanted to ask is, do you think Ante Pocglu will go all out to try and win this competition and go and put the strongest possible eleven out in every single round that we are in this year?
4: Um, so, so man of the match. It's very simple, really. It's not a, a kind of a controversial thing to say. For me, it's, it's Pedro Poro, just because he backed himself. Um, to take that shot on and score, it kind of felt like it was going to need to be someone um, taking the inspiration to do that and, and richly deserved for him for the season that he's had. Um, Postacoglu, uh, yeah, I think you might be onto something there. I think he is going to go strong. I think tonight sent out a message. And I think, you know, it doesn't matter how many times people debate something like, you know, has he learned from the, the mistake of the Fulham match? I think we all might have deep down been thinking that, well, okay. We can say he's learned from it, but actually, under Daniel Levy, it's all about top four, and he's going to be another manager who prioritizes top four over everything else. But no, I think with with Ange, I think he he understands a little of of, of why this is such an important competition to us as a club. Um, and tonight, to me, is as clear an indication as we're going to get that he's he's going to go strong. He's going to take it seriously. So so yeah, I think he is.
0: Mike, is this the year?
4: <laughs> yes. Let's say it. Yes, this is the year. Come on.
0: The trophies are coming. I haven't said that for a while. Ben, who is your man of the match? There's a, there's a lot of love for Emerson Royale in the comments today.
5: Yeah, I, he, had, he had a very good game. Very good game today. I, I think Porro's got to shade it for that goal. Between Emerson, Benton I thought was fantastic for, for the time he was on the pitch. And obviously, you know, Porro, he just gets it for the goal, doesn't he? It was just quality. Um, will we win the cup? Yes. <laughs> With I love the we had In the last few minutes, you need luck. You need luck to win a cup. I know it's a bit early, and I'm all getting a bit excited, but you need luck along the way. And we've had our fair share of bad luck lately. And it was nice to just get a little slice of good luck right at the end. Thank we've already you got who- the hotel room. <laughs>
0: Becky, who is your man of the match and uh, do you think that Ange will go all out to win this competition? Because, of course, as I keep saying, it's been so long, so long.
3: Yeah, my first season was 1991. I was a 10-year-old, so that was my first season as sports fan. Um Yeah, I would say porro I think it's like when we say, you know, Sonny often gets it because of the goal. I think his second half particularly, but I, I agree with Royal as well. He made a lot of headers. You know, Burnley weren't particularly a, a difficult team. We weren't really again under the cosh but there were headers and interceptions that Royal made and like I said him and Davis were very calm and never really felt that Burnley were going to score apart from those those minutes right there when they were sending the goalie forward um, so are we going to go strong I, I was at Middlesbrough away and I was at Sheffield United away and they were painful FA Cup defeats um, so I was it's kind of part of the reason I didn't go today. I thought I can't go because I can't get from school kicking off. So I was like, let's get through the FA Cup. Hopefully I'm not a bad, uh, bad luck. But I hope we will play strong. Why play strong in the, in the third round and then not play strong in the other matches? However, it is dependent on who we keep fit. You know, it depends on the run of games. And I know the next round is still in January, isn't it, where we haven't got as many Premier League matches, but there's still the FA Cup in between. So again, it depends who we get, where we're playing, Where the TV schedule gives us, you know, if we get another Friday night or a Monday night or something hideous, that kind of pays a part. But I'd like to think that he's going to play as strong as he possibly can um, because he said he was going to. And then he has actually done that and played a strong team. So we would hope that that would continue.
0: I remember those nights also well, Becky, sadly. Sheffield United, there was for a culture still. Let's throw that one in. There's too many. Um, Let's hope that, you know, 2024 is our year. Um, Mike, let's come to you on the transfer window, because, of course, Anne just said on a number of occasions that, you know, it would be great if we can get some business done early. Uh, One player that we have been heavily linked with uh, in the five days that the January transfer window has been open so far is Radu Dragusin of Genoa. Um, Apparently, Spurs are offering €23 million, Genoa want €30 million. Uh, Negotiations are ongoing and expected to continue into the weekend. States for Rizzi Romano. Um, but Napoli are also interested in Dragoosin. Um, how confident are you that we will get in um, a centre-back? Because I say that because Sky Sports also reported earlier today that the main priority is a centre-back and Sky Sports at the moment believe that that is Tottenham's only target um, and we won't be signing any other players apart from a centre-back. How would you feel if that is the case?
4: So the truth is i'm not 100% confident we'll get him because i think this is playing out like we've seen with tottenham transfer windows for for the last few windows really which is that we're linked with probably two players for a particular position in the summer you know it was van der ven came through as, as as the rumor and then there was the player the name escapes me now from uh, from germany who we were um linked with as well and it came down to van der ven was the one who we got across the line dragozin's been been linked with us now um, for, for a couple of weeks. Tadebo is the other one in, in France who's been linked. We're clearly not going to get both of them, but I think we'll get one of them. I think this is, you know, we're, we're led to believe that uh, Paratigy is, is not really closely involved. He's not allowed to be closely involved in transfers anymore, but I think he's probably set the tone for us in terms of, of how we do our business, which is we line up a couple of players and 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 we try and get one of the two. And I, I think, therefore, Everyone knows this is the priority position for us. I'd have loved us to have got this signed and sealed on uh, the 1st of January, but it didn't play out that way any more than we expected it to. Let's hope that we can have someone lined up for the 14th of January, a Man United away, particularly if, uh, if Ben Davis is going to be on the sidelines. Do you, not, do you not think, Mike,
5: that that puts us in that position where everybody knows we want a centre-back, mm-hmm. so all of a sudden the price is going to go straight away you know oh we can get an extra five million out of them because they need a center back um then we've missed out of that that we did at the start of the season was taps over and you're just wondering if we are going to go left field and just bring somebody out all of a sudden that nobody sort of knows we're linked with
4: yeah
0: I was going to say, though, Ben, how important is it for Ange Postacoglu from now until the end of the season that in this January transfer window we get the defensive reinforcements that we desperately need? You know, even more so now that Ben Davis could be out for some time. Yeah, it, it depends how you look at it, Chris.
5: I mean, it could be that thing of he's got to be the right player because obviously we're building for the future. So you don't want to have to sign a stopgap because then you've got to sell him on. And you know, we're not very good at selling on footballers, as we know. So, um, yeah, um, it is that belief. As long as it's the right player, then so... I think also,
3: it's... when there's been players that we've been linked with before that we've never even heard of, and and there's yeah. just as players that appear, and you can make... Good, I know some clubs will say there's nobody for sale in January. There are. We had Benton oh. and we had Kurosewski in January. Yeah. There are players that are available. I, I absolutely agree with you. It has to be the right player. So, in terms of physique, height, speed, they all seem to be playing. also flexibility of playing in a range of mm. positions, I think, is something that also yeah. we are looking at. Um, the other thing as well is if the Dyer thing is to be believed, there may be a fee that we're getting for Dyer from Bayern Munich for five million. You know, Reggion is coming back. Is Reggion going to move back out on loan? Is he going to go somewhere? Cessignon may do. Um we've got Jed Spence back. Is Jed Spence going to go on loan or is he going to command a fee from somewhere maybe in the championship? So I think actually, although a lot of this is piratidgy, there are a lot of people it, behind the scenes involved with ins yeah. and outs of players. I think yeah. the fact that Scarlett has returned when Valisa's got injured, that is no coincidence either that, you know, we need strength in depth. And yeah. although we have got players that we went sent out on loan, they come back, if they're not Andrew's fit, they will go out on loan again. Tange yeah. and Dombale for example, you know, there are going to be players that we can sort of, hopefully yeah. adjust and but I do think there are other people that we haven't even heard of that you know the Gallagher rumours have gone quiet again and there are players that are in, involved Kelly from Bournemouth for mm-hmm. example they he was mm-hmm. very close to signing I do I tweeted out today to say even with Davis being injured the fact that the links with Dyer are there they wouldn't be gaining so much momentum if there wasn't somebody almost imminently coming in um, yeah. And now, you know, we've got the weekend, we don't play again till week on Sunday. I would like to think that by Monday or Tuesday, the person that we want is in the country and that things are starting to kind of move on. It,
5: it's like Anne said, he said there's a lot of revolving parts in these transfers. And you've you just said it's a merry-go-round, right? so, so we have to sort that out. The other thing is, we've bought players before in January for the summer. And I wouldn't even mind it if we did that, because you can see you can see positivity, you can see the rebuild happening. So, I mean, what did we sign? Modric, didn't we? Deli Alley, players like that in the in the January transfer. I'd be quite happy to do that. Forward, yeah. centre back, the ha-
3: That happened with Star, didn't it, when you New Dodgy? They got loaned back yeah. for a bit longer than that, but it, they weren't immediately part of the squad with us.
4: Just, just to say, on, just quickly, on Lloyd Kelly, I don't know if there's anything in this, but I've got a friend of mine at work who's a Bournemouth fan, and he told me last week he'd heard, supposedly on good authority, Lloyd Kelly to uh, to Spurs was the done deal. Now, it was obviously, not talking about in the summer, talking about for this window. He's still injured, of course, but just interesting, talking about whether there could be someone from left field. He ticks a lot of boxes in terms of being homegrown and everything else. Um I don't know, perhaps we, we might have a surprise still. I
3: said this before, the fact that Sanchez left on deadline day or just after, wasn't it, because it was the Turkish league, it was almost like the Kelly one almost collapsed or the, the, the Turkish one was so far advanced it couldn't then be brought back and we ended up being left short. I think Andrew would never have allowed that, but I think it was something to do with the Kelly one. It didn't quite It didn't quite materialise, did it? Becky,
0: surely... But surely the club and Ange Postecoglou have got something up their sleeve by him saying to journalists today that Eric Dyer can leave. Ben Davies is now injured. Of course, we've had all of these injuries. We've still got injuries. Romero is still injured. Surely they've got something up their sleeve. Yeah, you surely. think
3: so? I, I know we've got we've got Phil, uh, Phillips, haven't we? But I, I think yeah. I could have just say I just don't. And the fact that Dyer is commanding a fee as well, I just think that the, the, he wouldn't. He if he did. Sanction it in the summer and and then he can go back and say, Well, we got left short, didn't we? You allowed Sanchez to go and we didn't have a replacement. We are not doing that again. I would imagine Ant has commanded that respect now to say that's not happening again. And the fact that he sounded from what you said then he sounded reasonably angry that he's being asked about it. Every time Dyer doesn't he's in the squad, he's always injured. He's had a lot of injuries this season, hasn't he? Where he's not um played. But the fact that he isn't like on Sunday for the Bournemouth game, he wasn't selected. There were four centre. There were four fullbacks selected instead of Dia. Show that Dyer is not fit for this system. It's it's time for him to go, and that could be at the end of the season, but, you know. But if we can go and, and and somebody then comes in, like I said, that money then frees up to buy purchases of somebody else. Mike, of course, from the last couple of
0: days. Oh, well,
1: well,
5: I was, was going to say, say, It's Mike. quite interesting with the hamstring injuries that we've got. I mean, I read a bit in the Standard. Um, this week that when he was at Celtic his first season, Ange had six players out with hamstring injuries at one time and he had the same problem when he was at Japan his first season he had five players out with hamstring injuries so it just shows they've probably got to get used to his training methods and the way we play football so you're uh, going to need a lot of players <laughs>
0: it's, it's a very interesting point Ben because he expects so much and expects them to run all day long Um, Mike, let's come to you, because in the last couple of days, Regulon has come back from a loan spell at Manchester United. Uh, Jed Spence has just come back from a loan spell at Leeds United. Uh, Both clubs respectively sent the players back. They didn't get recalled by Tottenham. Um, Daniel Fark of Leeds United basically said today about unprofessionalism with Jed Spence. What do you you make of both of these players and their future? Surely, you know i don't think and wants either of them at the moment i'm surely they're going to be heading out the door
4: yeah i, I think you're right i think with um with, with Regan on i think this was totally expected it's just this very kind of odd um temporary deal with man united where it seemed almost all the reports when it was sealed was that he was going to only be there till till january it was very much a, a temporary arrangement that everyone into And the fact is, he's played a few Champions League games. I don't think he's decreased his value if, if Spurs are looking to, to um, sell him in January or, or next summer. But Spence is obviously the one that is just such a head-scratcher, isn't it? Where, you know, I'm, I'm kind of reluctant to completely pile in on Conte, as some do. But nevertheless, it was tempting to say, well, Conte didn't want him and he's not properly developed him. And we need just a fresh start for him under a new manager. But sadly if that was on the cards for him and, and, and Ange in the summer, he didn't make the grade. He decided he had to go. And 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 the evidence would be that under Daniel Farker, it hasn't worked out from there either. So uh, a, a real shame. But um, again, hard to see him having a part to play this season with us. He's going to be out on loan again, you suspect, in the next few weeks. I don't think uh, injuries, even the ones like we got to Davis tonight, are going to change that. And it is just more a case of um, finding... The right place for him to go
3: right now. I was speaking to a Forest fan today and they were saying they would have him back. Um, they don't know why they didn't really pursue him and that why he moved to Spurs because mm. um, the rumours are that it's his attitude, isn't it? And his temperament that is the reason the Leeds have sent him back and interestingly kept Road on. Um, I think, yeah, it, it's a club, it's maybe a championship club somewhere that he can, yeah, you because know, it didn't particularly work abroad for him either, did it? He didn't make a lot of appearances in France. Um, yeah, It's a tricky one really, it's got, he's got that um, ability, but unfortunately not the temperament.
0: It seems like another Tom Don Belly situation to me. Um, ben, let's come to you on Eric Dier, um, because Sky Sports Germany have just reported that a verbal agreement has been reached between FC Bayern Munich and Eric Dyer. the 29-year-old wants to join Bayern, the contract will be at least until 2025, and Spurs will receive a fee of nearly €5 million. Euros. What do you make of this story? Surely uh, surely Harry Kane's had, to, had, had something to do with this, hasn't
5: he? Yeah, you just wonder how he got injured. Did he trip over a bratwurst or something on his way? You know, uh, I am I actually think it, 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 it suits everybody, doesn't it? Suits the club, suits the player. He's If he doesn't take this now, he might not get the chance of Bayern Munich in the summer, because they might go for somebody different. Um, at the minute, it's a cheap option for them. You know, five million's nothing. For us, we've got some money in the kitty to bolster up our January spend. So, yeah, it's a win-win, isn't it, really?
3: The rumours that I've read is that he would play in a defensive midfield number six position as well, which it is a slower league. And, you know, Kane is one of his best mates as well. They've admitted that, you know, Doherty, Dyer and Kane were very close. Um, I just tweeted today, you know, if, if he wins a trophy before Sonny, I will be devastated. (laughs) <laughs> they they,
0: they, they oh, all win yeah. trophies when they leave, yeah. But uh, it, they, they see him as a versatile player, though. Becky, they, they think he can do everything.
3: He used yeah, to in I the know. past, didn't he? He started as a midfielder, yeah. that's why he, he started for us,
0: yeah. Um,
5: I just think, uh, as we've alluded to earlier, he just doesn't fit Angie's system now. You know, Angie's game is totally different to the game that Dyer played, even under Pochettino. Um, he was more Adapt to the Conte system Because that's the way He liked him to play And when you look At Tuchel The way he sets up From the back And the way he plays Through that Back four And that defensive That cover
0: Yeah I think He'll do well
5: It's you, You're the winner Anyway aren't you
0: Mike let's come to you If um I just want to get Your opinions All, all of you The perfect window What would be the Perfect window for you
4: Obviously central defender um I think an upgrade on midfield so and by that I mean I don't just mean signing a player and then having you know players like um Hoybier who are going to be disenchanted with things it, it's actually being able to, to bring some money in to reinvest I think that's the trick that we've, we've struggled with for a long time now um, and I think probably with financial fair play, it's, it's top of, of all clubs' minds to do that. So I think it's clear with all the Conor Gallagher rumours which we had in the summer and we're getting again now, that's clearly something that Ange wants to address. I'm not sure we'll quite pull that off. So, so certainly I'd like to do that. Um, and, and And obviously, and this is absolute sort of dream scenario now, it is about a top class centre forward to replace at least the role of Harry Kane if not replace Kane himself that's what we all want to see and that's what we kind of fudged in the summer really rather than than properly addressing but I, clearly that's not going to happen this this January that that is fantasy land so certainly for me it's it's a central defender and it's an addition to midfield and I think there's a decent chance of both to be honest with you. I think we might just pull that off what about you Ben uh, on with Mike
5: I think through that spine of the team, I think the central defender, another midfielder, probably a bit more of a creative midfielder in there to, to shake things up a bit, to put a few, you know, these some of these boys under a bit of pressure and a speedy forward. Not a centre forward, a quick forward. So when we do break, it's you know, the, the wingers are flying and we've got centre forward that can't keep up with them at the minute. So yeah, we need a speedy centre forward.
0: And Becky.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. And also, kind of reasonably homegrown. I I like the days when we used to have lots of players playing for England and Scotland and Wales and kind of British players. That would be great as well. But I agree. I think the rumours about Gibbs-White, I know Forrest are desperate for, you know, their financial firm plays is is under threat as well. And I thought he played really well in the away game. So somebody quick, somebody, you know, anyone who's hungry to play for Spurs, I just think, you know, if this whole kind of, oh, there's other players, there's other teams coming in for him and they're not sure. And I don't, I don't want him. I only want people who want to play for Spurs. And that kind of crop of players that we've had in the last sort of two years are really hungry to play for Spurs. They really want to play for Spurs. They buy into the culture. Like I said, we're a very huggy team now. It's there's, You can see that kind of morale is there and that culture change. And I just want that to continue. So it doesn't really matter who it is. But I agree, defence, midfield and, and, you know, a quick forward.
4: Do you think it's what realistic? You sure? you? uh, well, well,
3: you'd hope uh, it's realistic. They've said that they've had all summer since we've brought the, the director of football in. You know, what if his case, what's he been doing all this time? So you'd, you'd hope that they have been doing their job.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think strength in all areas, um, especially with the amount of injuries and suspensions that we've had. And not only that, you know, just to try and get us in that top four and get Champions League football next season. It's an absolute must. Um, I've got two final questions for all of you. Um, Becky, let's start with you. Um, who would you like to? Uh, who would you like Spurs to get in the fourth round of the FA Cup? Because of course the draw takes place on Monday.
3: Okay, I say the same answer to this all the time. Okay, I'm from Shrewsbury. Spurs have never played Shrewsbury ever. They nearly got them last year because Wrexham played Sheffield United, and then Sheffield United beat Wrexham, and then we ended up playing Sheffield United. The Spurs we. So, yeah, Shrewsbury playing Wrexham tomorrow, no, Sunday, Sunday, which is a big game. Um, if Shrewsbury managed, even though, for those people who don't know, I live in Chester. So, Chester is very close to Wrexham. A lot of my colleagues work in Wrexham. My head teacher supports Wrexham, but I'm from Shrewsbury. And in Shrewsbury, you don't really like Chester or Wrexham. So, there's no affiliation to either of those. If Shrewsbury can get past Wrexham, I would love them to have Spurs in the next round. Other than that, I, you know, a, a League Two. League One team. I don't want another Premier League team. Um, I think Premier League teams are tricky because you never know that whether they're going to play a strength inside or not. Um, and there's no easy games in the Premier League, so that would be. Choose would be my absolute um, hope. Other than that, League One or League Two. But I'm just so pleased we're in it.
0: Absolutely, I'm with uh, Lynch six one six here. Anyone at home? Um, because I tell you what, when you've got sixty thousand plus Spurs fans in this Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, it does really make a difference. Mike, who would you like?
4: Yeah, I think uh, lower league opposition would would be great. And lower league opposition where they're going to come and and try and make a game of it, really. I think, you know, uh, now that we're in this position where all of a sudden we're we're playing attacking football once again, it's going to be the tendency for for sides to come and try and put everyone behind the ball and and, and frustrate us. But if we can have an end-to-end match, then we back ourselves against a, a, a lot of teams and certainly outside of the top flight um, that will be a, a fantastic entertainment for us if we can get to the next round that way
0: Ben who would you like to see Tom face in the fourth round
5: um, firstly it's the home draw isn't it the, the home draw and yeah not a Premier League side well I'm actually saying that we can have some difficult games with the Championship so yeah we might as well have that lot down the road if they're still in it and beat them
0: <laughs> love it
5: Right. The well, one
3: advantage about playing away is that there wouldn't be any VAR. So, have, you know you're saying about playing home games. Yeah. If we play away yeah. games, there's no yeah. VAR. Yeah, if they're not yeah, in the I see
5: that. Yeah. That, that yeah. was awful today. Some of that VAR waiting for ages just for... We, we watched innocuous fouls. Yeah, And it, it took ages. Yeah, on with there. Yeah. I forgot
0: about that. Do, do you know what, Ben? I purposely haven't mentioned VAR throughout the whole of this podcast. Because <laughs> I feel like we've spoken about VAR so much this season. Really, really dominating. Last question for you all. Becky, let's start with you. Manchester United away is our next competitive game, uh, of course, back in Premier League. Um, Spurs are currently fifth. Manchester United eighth. Um, Manchester United have been very, very up and down this season. Um, They've played 20. They've won 10. They've drawn only one and they've lost nine. Um, When you think they're getting it back together, they suddenly lose games in really, really poor fashion. Uh, they're outside the European places at the moment. Spurs are, of course, gunning for that top four. Um, your thoughts ahead of the Manchester United game, how we're set up, and your score prediction.
3: So yeah, I'll be at that game. the The thing is about when you go to United is, is we, it's never an easy game. So even when they're on a park, poor and a form, we it's not. It's like when we go to Anfield. It's it's a tricky game. It's a tricky place to go, and that's a massive cliche, but it is. Um, it's interesting to hear about Onana playing in, despite him being in the Afghan, which is. Uh, And I've got a lot of, being being in Chester, there's a lot of Man United fans around here. Some of them are delighted that he's back. Some people are really disappointed he's not. It's hilarious. Um, Yeah, I think we'll have a few more players back by then. You know, Van der Ven, maybe Madison will be a bit closer to playing. Romero maybe back by then. So it's a different side that we will be having put out. Um, We've got nine-day gap till then. I'm the most hopeful I think I have been for a long time to go to United and to get a result. Um, we just have to, all the jigsaw pieces have to come together on the day. And, and again, like you said before, a little bit of luck. Um, but certainly based on form and things, you know, like you said, United had that game when they were 2 nil down at half time, come back to win 3 2, and then they go and lose the next game to Forest. So it, it, it is very hit or miss. Um, we've had games like that where we've deserved to win and we haven't. So I'd like to think if we played our strong team and we're very attacking and we, we're clinical and we score, you know, quickly, we will blow them away. But who knows? So I'd like to say maybe maybe two ones of Spurs.
0: That'll do. Keep winning in the Premier League. Mike, what about you?
4: Yeah, I mean, clearly United are not having a great season. We've already n- discovered what it's like to, to beat them. Second match, first home match for, for Andrew, of course, getting that, that two-unit win, which was, was such a great um, moment for us as kind of a rebirth of the club. It felt like that day, didn't it, really? Everyone completely behind the team in United. Um, so, yeah, I think kind of feeling confident going into it. I think the, 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 the thing I'd be wanting in these next nine days is to clearly to work on the final third, which I'm sure is doing all the time. But it, it just felt like, you know, without Son, we all knew that's the big test for us, really, um, during the Asia Cup, finding a regular goal scorer. And I think a lot's going to ride on on particularly Richarlison just sharpening up on those chances. So I, I, I agree with um, with Becky's prediction. I think two one sounds about right to me. But I do feel that um, let's let's make the most of these nine days. The fact United aren't playing till Monday night. Let's hope that they can have a, a, a tricky match at Wigan, and, uh, and and we can go into it in, in good spirits with hopefully Van der Ven back to uh, be there for the starting lineup.
0: Yeah, that huge boost for Postacoglu and all of us Spurs fans with Van der Ven back. Um, ben are you excited about this Manchester United game or are you feeling a bit yeah yeah about I,
5: it? I don't think that I, I don't think they'll want to be playing us Chris I, I think that uh, you know where they're up and down we're the last thing they want to be doing you know with our, when we can free flow and attacking football we can cause them an awful lot of problems and we score early the crowd will be on their backs it's, you know, it's, it, it's a tricky game for them. Never thought I'd see that, you know. I'd, I'd like to see the repeat of the six nil, but I'm not that confident. Um, I'm with, the, I'm with the guys, you know, me. I like a 2 1 Spurs, don't I? So I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm
0: going 2 1 as well,
5: yeah. But, but, um, I'm, I am confident, I am confident. I, I don't think we'll lose, I think we'll go down and at least get a point.
0: I don't think we've ever had that on the podcast where all four of us have agreed on the score 2 1 to Tottenham so, so it's let's, never happen. <laughs> let's hope it happens um, Becky, oh, thanks, Becky thanks so much for coming back on uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back with us and hopefully we can get you back on again soon uh, where can people find you, what are you up to at the moment?
3: Uh, so I'm back at school this week, hence why I wasn't at the stadium today um, Yeah, those of you that know me, I'm on Twitter um, I did a cheese room on a Monday night um, but you'll see me in the South Stand or you'll see me at down at Tottenham set with Jack, come and say hello and at away games that I'm fortunate to be at as well. So, yeah, great. Thanks for having me on. Super fun chat. And I think the last time was the West Ham game. And that was not fun, having to talk about after the West Ham game. So, um, yeah, it was a lot a lot more fun to talk about tonight's game. We got there. We got through it. Like you said, if we'd lost or even got a replay to Burnley, we would have never heard the end of it. So, at the end of the day, it's the result that matters. And I'm delighted for Poro as well. First goal this season.
0: Yeah, well said. And I'll tell you what, Becky, it's been... A lot more enjoyable doing these podcasts this season, under and it really has. And uh, Mike, I think you've been on twice this season, we've won both times. So you're, you're welcome back anytime. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Thank you very much. No, absolute pleasure. I've had uh, two successful Friday nights being on your show, so uh, along with that, continue.
0: Mike, what are you up to at the moment? Where can people
4: find you? Uh, so yeah, BBC South today. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at appsmike, and uh, you can see me. In the uh, early hours of the morning, running around training for the Southampton Marathon in my Tottenham training kit around the, the streets of uh, the streets of Bournemouth and Christchurch, like a sort of Tottenham version of John Terry, really, in that respect. But uh, I'm not proud. I don't, I don't mind people seeing me show my colours uh, at that time of
0: the morning. Well, good luck with the London, uh, not the London Marathon, good luck with the marathon. Uh, best of luck with that I um, know how hard that is to train for that. So a lot of work goes into it, doesn't it? Um, ben, Ben. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been your first time on on the channel. Um, yeah, it's been an honour. Uh, you've done extremely well, and uh, thanks so much for coming on. Where can people find you?
5: Uh,
0: mate, I, I I am at
5: Twitter, um, Ben.im. Um I don't really use social media that much. I...
0: The I don't know whether Ben's frozen or I've lost signal.
3: No, Ben's gone, I think.
0: (laughs) Well, Ben, Becky, Mike, thanks so much for your time this evening. I'm absolutely delighted that Spurs have gone through to the fourth round of the FA Cup. Look out for the draw on Monday evening. Let's hope that Spurs can go all the way this season and we can lift the trophy in 2024. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening. And thanks for all of your support as normal. And we will see you on the next one. Come on, you Spurs.
3: New Spurs.